Please note that the contents of Model Mentality are for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on Model Mentality. Hi, I'm Dr. Ali Sharma, a psychiatrist and mental health advocate. And I'm Bridget Malcolm, an international fashion model. And this is Model Mentality. We created this podcast to open up the dialogue about mental health in the fashion industry by exploring the lives of models through the lens of their personal mental health experience. Each episode, we will invite a leading fashion model to sit down to chat, going behind the visual imagery and what you may know of their external life to take a deeper dive into who is actually behind the mask and at the real struggles these models have faced. And in our Let's Get Clinical segment, I'll explore connecting the dots between our guests' personal stories and the larger mental health context. Because at the end of the day, we are all human and our struggles are universal. Hit the subscribe button on the podcast and tell all your friends about model mentality. Please note this podcast is strictly for educational purposes only, and please consult your own provider for any mental health issues you may be facing. Kylie Vinami is a Texas-born fashion model and podcast host who currently resides in New York City. She moved to New York City at 17 years of age to pursue her modeling career while also attending Pace University for Business Management. Since then, Kylie has walked the runways for designers, including Versace, Chanel, and Alexander Wang, and starred in campaigns for major beauty brands such as Maybelline, NARS, and Pat McGrath. Kylie can also be seen gracing the covers of top international fashion publications, including Harper's Bazaar, Vogue, Elle, and more. Kylie is signed with Women Management in New York. In addition to modeling, Kylie is also the co-host of The Not-So-Simple Life, a wellness and beauty podcast she founded with fellow model Sophie Longford. Together, these fashion models and wellness fanatics are joined by some major guests and talk about wellness tips, beauty hacks, fashion, business, and everything in between. All right. Welcome to Model Mentality. Today I have with me guest Kylie Vanami, who's also a fellow podcaster, and I'm so excited to speak with you. Hi, Kylie. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this conversation. Yes, and I cannot wait to hear about your journey into podcasting and what you've learned, but we'll get there. So so first, <laughs> you know, where I'd like to start is you know, you know this is a, a platform to talk about modeling and mental health. And I'd love to hear what about coming onto the podcast interested you. Yeah. So like you mentioned, I have a podcast myself called the Not So Simple Life Podcast. And I have really found that there is no better way to connect to others, both the hosts of shows and listeners, by having conversations about open open conversations about things that, you know, so many of us have on our mind and so many of us should talk about more. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Mental health has become a very important aspect of my life. And I know that's something that you guys are very passionate about here. So I'm really looking forward to diving into this together. Tell us a little bit about why mental health has been important to you. 
Yeah. So I started modeling actually at 17 years old. I moved to New York City all by myself and was pretty much just thrown into the lion's den, I guess you could say. I was raised in the suburbs of Dallas and all of a sudden I was 17 living in New York City on my own and thrown into one of the craziest industries I think out there. And It was definitely a journey for me. There was so much to learn along the way. And something that I learned was I have to keep a good head on my shoulders and I have to take the me time to keep my headspace in a good place to be successful and to have a nice life around me. I definitely got caught up in the madness at one point and I wasn't focusing on my mental health and my life around me was not what I wanted it to be. So I quickly learned at a very young age that it's so important to do the work and to put effort into your mental health to have a nice life. I completely agree. Of course, I'm biased, but I think what we've been talking about in a lot of the episodes is that mental health is often overlooked, right? A lot of people, especially in your industry, are focused on physical fitness. You know, Kai Braden, who was a guest co-host in the last couple episodes, we, we were talking about mental fitness. And this has to be a priority in our lives. And I don't oh, think... Yeah. No, right? I don't think historically people have seen it that way. Yeah, it's, you know, just as important as making your morning soul cycle class. You know, so many people are completely committed to their fitness, but they're not putting in the work for their mental fitness. Like you said, I really love that. And yeah, it's something that needs to be paid attention to every single day because if you're not doing things each day to keep yourself in a good headspace, things build up very quickly. And I always say there's a snowball effect with mental health. I feel like it goes in both directions. When you're when good things are happening, the good things keep coming in. But when you're not doing the work and you let some bad things come into your head and don't do anything about it, then it's going to snowball the other direction and things just get whack. <laughs> exactly. And it catches up with you. It, it, like it comes to haunt you or pull you down anyway. So, so you started modeling when you were younger. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Dallas, your family life, you know, what that was like. Yeah, I am so grateful for how I was raised and the city I was raised in. I grew up with a sister and my two parents. My parents are divorced, so I was split between two households. And luckily, everything was really, really great growing up. Everyone in my family got along well. I was your typical, so many people ask me if my life was like Friday night lights. And it definitely was. I was like your Mm -hmm. typical Southern girl. I went to a big public high school. I was the cheer captain. We, you know, as a family spent so much time outside and it was really a nice, simple life, I guess I would say. When I compare it to my life now, it was much more simple. And I'm so grateful to have grown up where I came from because I truly feel like my roots are from Texas. And I feel like it's definitely sculpted my personality as an adult. Yeah. And I have a particular soft spot for the South. I mean, not as far down as Texas, but I went to, um, I I was in North Carolina for a while and my parents still have a house there, but I went to Chapel Hill and we actually had a lot of 
people from Texas there. And, and I just, I love the South and I love the Southern way. You were scouted at a Taylor Swift concert. Is that correct? I was, yes. I was at a Taylor Swift concert for my 16th birthday. My mom and two of my best friends. And this woman comes running over to me. Are you a model? Have you ever modeled before? And it was definitely not something I ever aspired to be. I was always super short. I hit this crazy growth spurt in high school, like two inches every six months. And I still had braces on. It just, I wanted to be a doctor. (laughs) So it definitely was not what I pictured myself doing. And one thing led to another and I was signed with Ford Models a couple weeks later, but I definitely did not dive into the modeling industry very much until I graduated high school. So I waited and graduated at 17, half a semester early, and I moved to New York. And that's really where my modeling career began. Yeah. And if you can go back to that time, I know you described what it was like to come to New York City, but you know, what were your impressions at first of the modeling industry? What surprised you the most? What did you not expect? Well, I feel like something that's not really talked about in the modeling industry is you're not really taught what you're supposed to do. And you don't really get prefaced with anything. You are just thrown into it. So it was definitely a big culture shock. Like I said, my life back home in Texas was very simple. And all of a sudden, life was not so simple and it was very complicated and I was dealing with competition for the first time in my life and comparison and it's moving so fast around me and I couldn't even process what was really going on. But I think that's something that makes New Yorkers very strong. I feel like when you move to New York, no matter what industry you're in, it's fast paced and it's not stopping for anyone. So you really got to learn to roll with the punches pretty quickly. It was definitely tough, but I am grateful for it because it's given me this really hard shell now and it really helped me grow up very quickly. And you, when we first spoke, you told me in the first phase of modeling, one of the things that came up for you is that you were working hard to perfect the outside. And I wanted to expand on that a little bit, a little Mm -hmm. bit about what that meant to you. What was the perfection or what was the drive, you know, and how are you affected by what's expected of you in the modeling industry? Yeah. So the thing with modeling is so much of our job is reliant on how we look and what um, we look like on the outside. And for the first time in my life, I was, you know, being judged for how I looked. Of course, we all go through that in middle school and high school, but that's like, you know, has nothing to do with your livelihood and being able to survive and pay the bills. So this was something that was very tough for me. I'm definitely a perfectionist in everything that I do. I've always been very type A. So when I would get little feedback or little comments thrown to me at castings or I wouldn't book this big job that my agents were 100% sure I would book and then it didn't work out, I would take that criticism so hard and I would really, really try and do everything I could to perfect, I guess you could say, what I looked like on the outside. So For me, it was body weight was a huge thing. I had this really unhealthy relationship with how much I needed to work out and how skinny I needed to be and was constantly comparing myself to others around me. And it was something that I struggled with for many years, I guess you could say. And 
it was really tough. I can say that for sure. I didn't know the importance of the inside quite yet. So I was so focused on the outside and I wasn't getting the results around me when all of a sudden the only sole thing I was focusing on was how I looked and how skinny I was and how many workout classes I did today. Nothing was working out. And it was because I was doing nothing on the inside. And I found that this has been something that really has changed my life since I started focusing more on the inside. All of a sudden, the life I live right now, the outside does what I want it to do, if that makes sense. How did you realize that the inside or the internal state of being was being neglected or was something you needed to focus on? Honestly, I think it was because I did anything and everything I could do on the outside. And when I still wasn't getting results, I had to dig deeper and feel like, okay, so what am I not working on? You know, I'm eating clean. I'm I'm not drinking much alcohol. I'm going to my workout classes. I'm living a healthy life, but I'm still not happy with what's going on around me. So what else? What's the missing piece? And was the inside. I wasn't focusing on my mental well-being. I wasn't doing things that truly made me feel good. I was being a people pleaser. I was saying yes to things that I didn't want to say yes to. And all of this were was building up to be this stress inside my body that was affecting me in so many different ways. So for me, I realized I need to stop doing these things that are bothering me, you know? And when I did that and I started minimizing my stress and I started doing things that made me feel good and fed my soul, all of a sudden, like, I started booking more jobs. The relationships around me were great. And, you know, I I didn't work out for the last three days, but I feel amazing. And all of these things started working out. The people I wanted to actually be around were, I was attracting those people and, you know, I was upsetting some people along the way, but that's okay. All of a sudden, like everything was starting to come to me and it was all because I'm no longer putting 100% of my energy to what I look like on the outside. I'm you know, doing a good happy medium. I'm doing the work on the outside and the inside. And that really changed so much for me. Yeah. And you said something really important that I see a lot in my practice with patients, you know, which is, okay, there's one thing about the modeling industry and you were perfecting your body to get the validation or the jobs perhaps that you were trying to aspire to. But the other thing you said was people pleasing, right? Which is a psychological process. It's sort of... not showing up authentically, meaning you are focused on the other more than yourself and your own needs. Mm -hmm. And of course, at a certain moment, that's going to feel out of balance. Or if you're all, if someone is always trying to please the other, I mean, it's, it's going to go wrong, right? It sounds like you, you noticed what was going on. You had the awareness to change things. And then because you are focusing on your own need, that leads to more happiness and a better place. Yeah. And I think something that goes hand in hand with people pleasing that I learned in the modeling industry is you can only do so much for those around you. At the end of the day, you are you. We're only given so much, each of us, and we look how we look and we are how we are and we have what we have. Of course, we can do the work to help all of those. But at the end of the day, like I can only do so much to make everyone else around me happy. So how about I do what I can? 
to make myself happy and then see what works out around me and just accept that it is what it is. Because no matter what you're looking at, how many jobs you book, how many friends you have, how big of a house you have, whatever it is, you can only do your best, you know? And so once I realized that the best thing I could do for me was focus on me and the things that really helped me, that really changed so much. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking, what are the difficulties in people who might be listening to this conversation and getting there? Like what I've seen and tell me what it was for you to reverse that pattern. A lot of times people feel guilt, right? To focus on themselves and they're wired or influenced or driven to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, For you, did you, did you feel any guilt or did you have any sense of why you were doing things that way? Well, for all of the people pleasers on here, I am still on your team. I'm definitely still a people pleaser. I definitely don't think it's something that you can that I'll ever completely rid myself of, but you can do a lot better. You can put more focus on you than those around you. And what really did it for me was spending more alone time with myself, with my thoughts no distractions. I was so guilty of spreading myself so thin, doing so much in a day, seeing so many people, going on so many just coffee dates with people, like uh, people that I probably didn't even really want to go on a coffee date with, but they asked me and I felt like I needed to. So when I started spending alone time with myself, that's when I really was able to realize, you know, what was working and what wasn't because, There was no one else around me to influence me. And I had time all of a sudden to just sit with myself and sit with my thoughts. So for anyone out there who is listening and this is resonating with you because you are that people pleaser person, then I recommend just spending some alone time in each and every day. Like, you know, maybe you need to time block it. Maybe you need to put it on your calendar, whatever it is that you can hold yourself accountable to do that because alone time has really been something that has helped me in all aspects of my life. Because when you have that time with yourself, you can really look at your life and your being and all of these things and get a good idea of what's going on. Yeah. And I love what you're saying because part of it is learning how to say no where something is not good for you or setting boundaries for yourself, which which requires some thought and planning and like some intentional action around your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that the right people will allow you to say no to them when you need to say no to them and not be upset about it. I have found that it's the wrong people in my life who at the end of the day were not a fit for me. Had Those were the people that had the hard time with me having my boundaries for myself and for my well-being. All right. So Kylie, you know, what I'd love to hear next is, COVID set in and you started a podcast. So tell us a little bit about how that came to light. What gave you the idea to start this? COVID was a very interesting time for all of us and was a time of transformation for sure. I am a model. My co-host is a model and essentially our work stopped for Six plus months, nothing. No studios were open. Everyone moved to their hometowns or moved out of the city. Everyone was sprawled out around the world and all of the restrictions were happening. So modeling essentially took a full halt for six months. I did not make a dime from modeling. So all of a sudden, here I am 
my entire livelihood was taken from me. And I had to sit with that and say like, what am I going to do? Who knows how long this is going to last? You know, I'm 24 now. You never know how long you'll be able to model. Of course, we all hope for the best, but at the end of the day, it's not a career that typically lasts forever for most of us. And what happens if COVID takes years and I'm not a model by the end of this? What am I going to do? What do I have? So I had to look at myself and say, what are you passionate about? For the first time in my life, I was able to dive deep into my thoughts on what do you want to do? Because modeling was kind of sprung upon me. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. So now I'm sitting here during COVID. Modeling is taken from me. And what do I want to do? And I knew my passion was for health and wellness. And I loved it so much. And that was something I was focusing on a lot during COVID. And so I had this idea, what if I start a podcast to share my journey and what I'm going through and share the things that are helping me right now. And I also found my co-host, Sophie Longford. She's a model as well. And she was absolutely on the same page. So in the midst of COVID, we launched October 2020. We launched our podcast with our first 10 episodes. And we're at almost 90 episodes now. So it really started as a passion project, but has become a creative outlet for us and has become extra income and has become this like stable job that we have in our life because modeling is not always stable, but we have this and we have this coming out every week. So it's really, really been a huge blessing in my life. You said it's focused on health and wellness. So, you know, tell us a little bit about who the guests have been and what your, you know, from a wellness perspective, like which guests stand out to you or which themes have come up that are really compelling for you? Yeah. So our show is completely unfiltered, no topic off limits. So we have had all sorts of guests from nutritionists to therapists to ketogenic specialists to sex therapists to astrologers. We have had all these different guests come onto the show and share their life with us and their version of wellness, whether it be the astrologer and how they apply wellness to their life with astrology or the nutritionist, how they apply wellness to their life. So it's a show where we have so many different open conversations and, you know, we don't always necessarily believe in all of the approaches, but we have this open mindset on our show where we want to hear what other people do to live their best life and, you know, really focus on health and wellness. Uh, and I will put a link um, to your podcast in the show notes so that people can take a listen. Uh, let's go back to starting as a as a host of the podcast because I've been through that process. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you recall was awkward or you know a challenge or a learning process for you in you know using your voice to talk about these subjects? All of it. (laughs) I'm being completely transparent. All of it. Modeling is all about our face and how we look and how we move our body. And all of a sudden, it was nothing to do with how we looked and what I was wearing and everything to do with what I had to say. So it was this big shift for Sophie and I. And it was a shift we loved, but definitely there was an awkward phase. And we didn't know how to start a podcast or, you know, how to edit audio or how to pitch a guest. And All I have to say is I am so grateful for Google and I'm so (laughs) grateful to have a co-host where we could just push each other to be awkward because 
if we didn't have each other to lean on and say like, it's all right, like we may sound crazy right now, or we may not be speaking well, but like, at least we're doing this together, you and me. I don't know if we'd have our show today. So I think for any of you listening on here, no matter what you're starting in life, I think it's normal to expect things to be awkward and you've just got to embrace the awkward times. Sophie and I have still not listened to our first episode we recorded because (laughs) we're just so nervous what it's going to sound like. I'm sure we sound terrible, but if we didn't start, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah, I know. And the hardest thing for me was starting to record my voice. And then you have to listen to your voice to obviously do the edits. Mm-hmm. And then you hear these awkward things that you might say, like the ums and the buts and the, the, all these words. And it's really, it was a process at first. It's confronting to hear your own voice. Now mm-hmm. I also don't even really listen to it. I'm used to it. And I just, whatever comes out, I put out there. <laughs> totally. And we've gotten more comfortable with our voices too, I think, as time has gone on. I totally agree. And we're the same. We now don't even have to critique. We were so overcritical at the beginning. But again, you've got to go through that phase to get to the point you want to be. So, Yeah. And I was just thinking, because you do do this on a weekly basis, and I know the lift that it takes to to keep a podcast running. Um, where do you see all of this going? You know, you are, you're still modeling. Mm-hmm. How do you see this all manifesting in terms of like trajectory or where you'd like it to go? Well, we've built this lovely community around us. You know, podcasting is really open and really raw. And so when you have people who are like to hear those conversations, you connect with these people. So we've got this amazing community around us. And Sophie and I, outside of modeling and outside of our podcast, we both still have other aspirations and other plans. And it's comforting for both of us to know because we can go through these things and start these next businesses that we have in mind with our community. Our community is so engaged in that. And at the end of the day, like we're still two 24 year old girls, like we're just trying to figure it out as well. And luckily our audience is in that same demographic. So it's nice to be able to share the journey and to share what we're working on with our audience because at the end of the day, I think we're all going through similar things. You know, everyone's got different things going on in life, but so many of us have the same struggles. So we're going to just keep engaging with our community and sharing our life and sharing what we're doing to stay healthy and well while building our future. That's wonderful. But before you started the podcast, you already had these realizations about the importance of working on your internal state of being, right? As opposed to just the outside. Mm-hmm. And then you've had this transformation of, you know, being a podcast host, meeting all these people in the wellness industry, getting all these different perspectives and talking to a lot of different people, which is an education in itself. Since you had that initial transformation of like really focusing on happiness and internally how you feel, what has having the podcast, what has that added in terms of your understanding of wellness and mental health. Yeah, I think what I have learned the most from the podcast is that we are all so individual and there is something to learn from absolutely everyone. I think the best thing we can do in life is be educated and what, however you get your information, I think it's important to stick with that. I'm a podcast girl. I'm not a big reader, but I love listening to podcasts because I love to be informed because, for example, if you're dealing with skin issues, let's say, it's so important to hear how 
so many different other people deal with skin issues because if you only tune into one person, then that may not work for you. We are all individuals. So to know how others around you deal with things in life and what their tactics are to handle these problems, I think it it really gives you this toolbox to get through life. So I've just learned that we're individual and that everyone has something to teach us. And if you can just have an open mind in life and listen to things that maybe don't even sound right to you, you know, maybe you think this person's crazy and everything they're saying would never work for you, but you never know. Five years down the line, we change. We all change as people. Our bodies change. We can't do the same things throughout our life. We have to always be changing with these you know, changes of life with these seasons of life. So maybe five years down the line, it's like, oh my God, maybe that girl's not crazy because this is actually working for me now. So just having an open mind to different people's perspectives has really, really opened our eyes to health and wellness. Yeah, look, I completely agree with you, you know, and I've had a lot of people tell me who've listened to some of the episodes, like, because I heard that story, like, I felt understood or Mm -hmm. I connected with someone else. You know, I was able to talk about my story more because of what I heard. Like, for example, we just released a podcast episode today with um, uh, Kenny Sale. So take a listen if if, uh, you haven't, but about, you know, sensitive topics like sexual violence in the workplace and other things that are hidden. And I do agree. I think, you know, by listening to people's stories, you hear a lot, you learn a lot, and also people feel connected and they're not alone, especially when it comes to things that are really difficult and, you know, these human struggles that are so common. Yeah. And if you're able to tune in and become intuitive, I think all of this information comes to you at the right time. You know, someone listening to that episode may not be able to relate much because they haven't gone through some of these things, let's say, but you never know. Somewhere down the road, someone close to you may deal with this. You may deal with something. And then that information, I, I really feel like will come back to you when you need it. Final question. If you had 50 million Instagram followers, what would you want to tell people about mental health and wellness? This is such a great question. I would probably say it is so important to allow yourself to feel your emotions and to process your feelings in any given situation. I'm a big fan of telling everyone around me to never suppress. I think it's so important to feel what your body and your mind is trying to make you feel. But the biggest advice when doing that is chase those moments with gratitude. So in the good moments and in the bad moments, if you can experience that moment and then come back to gratitude, I think it allows you to move through life with grace and to get through hard things and to get through the good times in the best way possible. Gratitude is my biggest weapon in life in the sense that No matter what's happening to me, I can come back to my gratitude and that's going to help me get through that moment because there's always something to be grateful for. For many of us, things could always be worse and just having gratitude for the small things, no matter what you're going through, you'll be able to get through that moment. I love that. And I agree. You know, I like to do this little exercise with people. I mean, there's a lot of variations on this, but you know, one thing that was difficult today and then three things you're grateful for, right? Because it's always in balance. Things are challenging, but to actually notice like, 
what's around you and what gives you strength and support and what protects you from your mental health. There are lots of things you just have to be aware and acknowledge and it can actually lighten mental health and what you're carrying around with you. Yeah, it's hard to be positive in negative situations. So if you can find something to be positive for and to be grateful for, you hold on to that and that gets you through the hard times. Absolutely. So Kylie, how can our listeners connect to you? Yes, thank you. So like I mentioned earlier, our podcast is called The Not So Simple Life. We are on Instagram at The Not So Simple Life Podcast. And my personal page is at Kylie Vanami, V-O-N-N-A-H-M-E. That's where I spend most of my time. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to speak with you. And um, I look forward to more of your episodes for your podcast. Thank you so much. Now, let's get clinical. Two things stand out to me from Kylie's story. First, preoccupation with body image and body weight in her industry. And second, people-pleasing and where this can be out of balance. On the first, preoccupation with body image and body weight, because in modeling, so much of the job is reliant on how people look, Kylie had to adjust to, for the first time in her life, being judged for what she looks like on the outside as part of her livelihood and profession. This was tough for her. She's a perfectionist type A, and with constant comments and feedback about her body, she took the criticism hard and would try to do everything she could to perfect herself. She struggled for a while with preoccupations about her body image and body weight, and it wasn't until she spent more time solo that things changed. On the second, people-pleasing, Kylie describes how part of what was making her unhappy at a certain point in her life is that she was being a people-pleaser, saying yes to things she did not want to do, distracting herself from herself. And as she says in this episode, you can only do so much for those around you. I'm calling this out because this is a psychological pattern that I see a lot. Are you the type of person who more often than not focuses on the other more than you? Do you modulate or change your reactions to please others? Are you neglecting your own needs and not focusing on your well-being? If this sounds at all like you, as Kylie did, find a way to take some space for yourself and try and focus on you more. And if that's difficult and you feel out of balance, consider talking to a therapist about how to untangle the pattern. It's completely okay to think about the needs of others, but make sure it's in balance and that you make yourself a priority as well. Back to Kylie through her journey in modeling and well-being. She is now sharing the love with others through her podcast platform, The Not-So-Simple Life. Please check out their podcast and listen to Kylie and Sophie with their many guests in this space. I can't say enough. I'm honored to have spoken with Kylie and to hear her perspective on modeling, mental health and well-being, and becoming a podcaster. Many people struggle with their mental health, their well-being, and finding balance. And we want you to understand that you are not alone, that there is power in connection, in speaking up, and in asking for and receiving help. I'm Dr. Ali Sharma. Thanks for listening to Model Mentality. Thanks for listening to Let's Get Clinical by Dr. Ali. Please check our show notes for references and more information on this episode. As always, if you are in crisis or you think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at a crisis center in your area at any time. 
If you are located outside of the United States, call your local emergency line immediately. What you have heard on model mentality does not represent what would take place during a psychiatric assessment or an actual therapy session. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Model Mentality. If you like today's content, please subscribe to Model Mentality or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, don't forget to rate and review us. Model Mentality is brought to you by Mind Studios.